The Ohio Harness Horsemen's Association presents Top of the Stretch, a podcast that looks at harness racing in the Buckeye State. Top of the Stretch is presented by Tizwiz. Be the best, outperform the rest. When only the best is good enough, horse owners look to Tizwiz Nutrition. Your horse is an individual with its own needs suitable for its lifestyle, whether it's racing or relaxing. For over 60 years, Tizwiz has strived for nutritional excellence, delivering products that make a difference. There is a nutritional reason for everything that is put into Tizwiz feed. Take your racing stable to another level with Tizwiz. See the complete line of Tizwiz feeds at tizwizfeeds.com. Tizwiz, feed the best, outperform the rest. Today on Top of the Stretch, we're speaking with 31-year-old Corey DeArmond. Corey got started in harness racing at a young age in 2009. He drove for very limited drives for three years. And then in 2011, he switched over to being totally a trainer. Since becoming a trainer, 210 wins in the 10 years. And horses that he has raced have won $1,291,273. With us today on Top of the Stretch, brought to you by Tiz Wiz, Corey DeArmond. Corey, welcome to the broadcast. Thanks for having me, Roger. I appreciate it. Oh, it's a pleasure. Um, first of all, you started out, uh, your parents were involved in harness racing. Were you interested in the harness racing at a young age? You know, uh, when I was a kid, um, and I mean a kid kid, I probably jogged my first horse when I was about probably seven or eight even, um, you know, with my dad. I was, I was fairly interested, but as I got older, I played sports in high school and um, kind of lost lost interest in it. And, you know, really, you know, around 15, 16, pretty much wrapped up in sports and knew I was going to college. So at that point, I really didn't envision myself doing it. And um, when I went to school, I ended up getting a couple horses in college and then uh, kind of reinvigorated my interest in it. And you know, decided to make that my career, basically. And pretty much everything, you know, has unfolded the way it has since then. When you went to college, uh, what did you want to be in life? Well, when I, when I graduated high school, I went to, I played baseball, you know, my whole, the whole time I was in high school. And in, I think it was, would have been, I graduated in 07. So I went to Ohio Northern University in Ada, Division three school, and played played baseball there and you know I, I my major at the time was biology and my uh, microbiology actually at the time and I had planned on you know finishing my my degree and then going on and trying to become an optometrist but the the longer I was in school the longer I realized I didn't want to be in school <laughs> I wanted to be working and and making money and that you know, I just, there was no way I was going to stand up to eight years of school. So after the, you know, four, four and a half years, that was just it for me. I just had had, had, had enough and decided, actually, you know, I, I, I wanted to get back into the horse business. Did you have any luck with those first two horses that you got while you were going to Ohio Northern? Yeah, I did, actually. They, that that helped. I, I, got a, I got a couple of just cheaper horses that um, did did pretty well and... You know, they, they when, when I got them, they really 
they really weren't much. And I, I remember the the one I had bought, her name was Glacier Girl, actually, for really cheap. And she won her first start in a, in a pretty good time. And, you know, she did okay, you know, at least made her money back and, and did okay. Then I got a few more horses and it, it just kind of just snowballed over and over. And it's still, you know, to this day, every year I, I get, try to get more and more and get better every single year. That's kind of, kind of what my goal is just every year, get better horses, get, get involved with better people and, and do better. You know, that's really the only way you can do it really, truly building from the bottom, you know, starting with nothing, you know, to, to getting, you know, stake horses is, is the ultimate goal. Grand circuit horses, sire stake horses, etc. In 2009, 10 and 11, you had a whopping total of four drives with two thirds. <laughs> yep. Uh, too big to be a driver. Too big to be a driver, most definitely. I uh, like it. Like like many young horse people in the business, especially obviously guys. You know, when you start out, you're training and going training miles either with your your parents or or whether you work for somebody or whatever. You, I, I would say you'd be lying if if, if you said you didn't start out wanting to be a driver. It's the most exciting. They get the most glory, you know, everything. But I, I drove in a few fairs, like my local fair, I think Jefferson and, and Painesville and a couple other ones. And I just, I realized pretty quick, it, it just wasn't for me. I'm just, I'm too big. I'm, I'm 6'3". And, um, you know, it, 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 it just wasn't going to work out. I knew that was not going to be my career path pretty quick if I was going to stay in the business. So I, um, I scrapped that and, decided to uh, just start training, and that, that's worked out fairly well to this point. Uh, have you always trained at the Jefferson County Fairgrounds? Well, when, we, when I first started, I had uh, my, my dad has a, you know, his own track in a farm. I, you know, I had a few horses there, and then when I was in school, I had transferred from Ohio Northern to um, the University of Akron at the end. I had a couple of my horses up there at Northfield, and then, you know, the year, I believe the year after that, when I really, you know, kind of had went on my own just to get away, I stabled at Tioga Downs, actually, for, for a summer there, and then I think that was in around 2011, maybe, probably about my second year I had any starts registered, and then from there, when I came back, I have been at the fairgrounds ever since, so... I've been there for for many years now. Jefferson's my hometown, as you know, and that's just you know where I've where I've been. So my house is, my my family's at, and that's where I've stuck. I got a feeling that horses like it better at the county fairgrounds than being at a racetrack and training at a racetrack uh, every day of the year. Yeah, I I agree a hundred percent. I mean, the track wasn't for me. I'm actually. I'm an outgoing guy, but I'm kind of a private guy. You know, I'm, I'm, I can't, we, we really keep to ourselves, I, I would say. And, um, you know, it's, it's just too big of a community, I think, for me. And, you know, the fairgrounds is, is, is nice. It's a little quieter, quieter for the horses. The horses are calmer. I'm a big, stingent person on, you know, how the horses act, you know, having young horses especially, you know. So I like to go out with horses and, you know, teach them, okay, this is the drag and this is another horse and be able to be calm and have a hold of them where, you know, you're at a track. I mean, you can go out and it doesn't really matter. There's so many people jogging and so much going on. There's horses buzzing around you and, you know, 
too much going on for me. I like the the quiet atmosphere better, and um, you know I can we have a lot of turnouts at my house too, so they they can come home and get turned out here. It's just just a much better setup for me. Were there some rough years when you first started out training? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, just like anybody, I mean, starting like I said, starting from the bottom. I, I didn't get any horses, you know, from my parents really or anything that way. I had uh, just a couple of cheap horses that I bought or, you know, that I was trying to make money with. And, you know, yeah, it was, it was a major struggle. I mean, especially the first year I raced a lot at Buffalo. That was actually the first year. That was where one of my first wins. I think my first win was actually at Buffalo. And the purses weren't that great. And I didn't own a truck and trailer. You know, I was borrowing a truck and trailer, you know, when I started off and just tried to save every dime I could you know, to buy a truck. And then once I got a truck, you know, it was, uh, you know, every, every dime another horse made, it's like, all right, you know, I'm going to, I bought a trailer for 2,500 and, you know, just did whatever I could, you know, to, to, to get by, but I always tried to get better. You know, I, I bought that first truck and it was just okay. I, I sold it, bought another one, you know, same thing with the trailer. Just every year I try to do a little bit better. You know, and when I, when I moved to Tioga, I got, a, I got some better horses, you know, for owners and, and they did okay. And, and, you know, the next year tried to get better horses and make more money and just go on every single year and try to get better, you know, and, and that's really all, all I've done, you know, just every year, try to do better, save my money and buy better horses and, you know, get involved with the best people I can be involved with and just try to do better. <laughs> pretty, pretty if simple was, strategy. Yeah. If there was one horse that turned everything around for Corey DeArmond, could you name one? I could, I'll actually give you two. And um, Bragg and Hanover was my all-time favorite horse. She, I still own her to this day. She's a broodmare now. That was to me the best horse that I ever had. As she might not have made the most money or the fastest time or stakes, but the horse was just incredible. I mean, I'd be down and out, you know, and have, you know, just I need would need her literally to come through. And she raced in cheap claimers at Northfield. And she made, you know, between 40 and 45,000 every year, just the toughest horse you could imagine, just gave it her all, you know, it was really bad. It was poor gated, had big knees from an accident. She was in at Saratoga. She was just incredible. You know, it's just always came through for me. And, you know, she's definitely the most special horse for me. And then um, just quick, the, the other one would definitely be Gorgeous Road. And Gorgeous Road was the first colt that I had on my own, which is what I really want to do. And she was purchased by my mom. And my mom actually, she had $5,000 at the time to her name. And she drove it herself down to the Ohio Select Sale and said, you know, I, I really like this horse. I have confidence you can train her. And she was the first horse in the sale. She bought her, brought her home. She was a little, little dinky, little filly, you know, but she trained down really well, had a lot of ability and she she went on and you know as a three-year-old made almost ninety thousand was in the sire stake final one won my first sire stake was just you know she really got me going with the colts and and my mom did as well because um that was the only colt at the time i had or any sport of colts you know that that i could see so she she really helped me too and that that's kind of when my my career started to to get better at that time you own almost or all of or part of every horse that you've got. Uh, have you branched out and finally getting, uh, you've got a, 
quite a few real good owners in the business, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, I do. I'm I'm very lucky that way. I, Bob Mondello I've had for several years now. We'll, we partner up and buy um, some young horses from the sales every year. And he's absolutely one of the best owners I'm sure you could have in the business. Just a great guy. He's been around forever. Just an exceptional person, which is, you know, what, what's important to me as well. And then, um, you know, this year, obviously, the last two years, Bill Hart, same thing. Just great guy, great for the business, loves the sport. He's, he's actually branched out into the Colts, um, you know, in our state this year, which is, is what, I, what I'm trying to focus on. And, and we've bought several together. He's bought some on his own. And he's really been extremely supportive of me. And, you know, that's, that's obviously, that's helped me a ton. I mean, he's really um, stepped up to the plate and, and, and tried to buy us, you know, buy, buy us the best horses that we can have. And that's his goal too, just buy the best horses and, and, and be on the big stage and, and do as good as we can. And when everyone's on the same page, you know, for your goals, it makes it a lot, it's a lot smoother, a lot easier. Everybody's, you know, concentrated on the same thing. And, you know, that, that you can't be just, it, it makes it a lot easier, Roger, just to be involved with great people. And that's that's another major goal, just be involved with people that care about the same things as you. And so far, so 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 good. Uh, the next generation, you had a mm-hmm. filly by the name of Bear Creek Honey in it. You did not have an original spot. Uh, how did you we, come we, to get Bear Creek Honey and get into into the race? Well, we actually did have an original spot. Uh, okay. Yeah, Billy Billy did buy a, a spot in whenever it is around staking time, I believe March. Um, we had two fillies that were actually training down very well, um, and even one of them I felt like could be in could be in the race. And come qualifying time, naturally, you know, as luck would have it, my my main filly uh, qualified but come up sick and wasn't going to be able to compete. And we still had the spot. So, you know, Billy wanted to still obviously be in the race. So I kind of started to just scout, you know, some of the, the local horses that were qualifying and, you know, racing and kind of wrote, wrote down info about them and how they qualified and who, who, who they were trained by and what their last quarters, quarters were and so on and so forth. And this was the main one that really caught our eye. And, you know, we made a phone call, obviously, and, and Billy was, was all for it. And, Bought you know, for for that race, and obviously for the stakes beyond. But he, um, you know, was stepped right up to the plate, and you know, bought, you know, in my estimate, the best racing filly at that time to race in the race, which I was obviously thrilled about. And um, you know, she she looks like she'll be able to make make us some pretty good money this summer. Uh, you finished fourth, mm-hmm. going for one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Uh, I know that you would have loved to have won it and everything like that, like every trainer in the race. But were you <laughs> happy with the way your filly performed? I was actually. I, w- I was very happy. I, w- I was. I was actually thrilled. I, I thought she raced very well. Uh, Billy was happy with the way she raced too. Just kind of the way the race unfolded. You know, you never know how it's going to go. She had the uh, the rail the favorite made a kind of a nasty break, and she got away third. And and our driver Josh Sutton elected you know, to stay in when the outer tier formed. And, uh, you know, so we didn't get shuffled, but horses were on the outside of us most of the mile. And when she finally was able to pull kind of late in the mile, she had plenty of pace, you know, just a you know, little bit 
short of where, you know, the top three finished, I think right across the track. But um, she raced very well. We were very happy um, with how she raced and picked up a good piece and, you know, gives us something to look forward to for, for the rest of the year with her. Uh, will she be in, what, sire stakes? or uh... Actually, for this year, was not sire stakes. Um, she's in the Stallion Series. She's actually in to go Monday at Northfield already, and she drew the nine hole in her first Stallion Oops. Series. Well, the nine's not that bad at Northfield, is it? No, no, the nine, the nine's okay. The nine's okay at Northfield. The, so I think it's a little bit better than the ten at Scioto, I think. But the the nine is okay at Northfield. It's it's not terrible. It's, I'm not a huge fan of it. I'd like you know, it'd be nice if all the tracks just started the horses on the gate. But I understand why they can't. But you know, it'll be interesting to see how she she handles not starting on the the car. But I I believe she'll be okay. She's highly intelligent, very talented filly, you know, at least at this point. So we're expecting a, a good showing on, on Monday. How many horses do you have currently in your stable? Right now I have 15, and that's right about where we try to stay. Um, I have a 15-stall barn. We try not to get to get much overage, and, and the, the workforce there is really, we keep it really to just me, my mom, and my girlfriend, Faith, Stacy, and you know, we, we work together and, and 15 is about, you know, what, what we can handle and, and do everything right with us trying to race and, you know, with a lot of things going on, especially the amount of young horses with the amount of, you know, traveling we have to do in the summer. 15 is just about, just about perfect. <laughs> if you, everybody has a bucket list, what would be the number one thing on your bucket list when it comes to harness racing? My number one thing on my bucket list is, is actually pretty easy. It might be a little bit of a strange one, but I this winning a sire stake final for me is is it. I mean that's basically my my number one goal. It's been my number one goal in sire stake final with Gorgeous Road. She finished fourth, beat a half length. I think I was about twenty five or twenty six um during that season, during her three year old year. My dad won a two year old Philly Sire Stake final uh years back. And that, you know, that, that was a pretty good moment for us, you know, my family at the time. And that's just something I, I, I want. That's, I want that more than anything by far in the business. The Sire Stake Final, for sure. When only the best is good enough, horse owners look to Tizwiz Nutrition. Your horse is an individual with its own needs suitable for its lifestyle, whether it's racing or relaxing. For over 60 years, Tizwiz has strived for nutritional excellence, delivering products that make a difference. There is a nutritional reason for everything that is put into Tizwiz Feed. Take your racing stable to another level with Tizwiz. See the complete line of Tizwiz Feeds at tizwizfeeds.com. Tizwiz, feed the best, outperform the rest. Thank you for listening to Top of the Stretch. Top of the Stretch is presented by Tizwiz. Feed the best, outperform the rest. Top of the Stretch podcasts are a presentation of the Ohio Harness Horsemen's Association.